The opinions expressed in the following episode do not necessarily reflect those of the Minds of Madness podcast. This episode contains descriptions of extreme violence, which may be disturbing to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, we've got something a little bit different for you. We just got back from CrimeCon in Nashville, Tennessee. And when we were there, I had the opportunity to sit down with Robin Warder from The Trail Went Cold and Mike Brown from Dark Poutine. We thought it would be interesting to throw a recorder on the table and talk about the largest case that's being investigated right now in Canada, Bruce MacArthur. to do something special as we were here with so many of our uh, podcasting friends and we reached out to Mike Brown from Dark Poutine and Robin Warder from The Trail and Cold, two fellow Canadian podcasters and we decided we wanted to talk about a Canadian case. Because you're all Canadian. Because we're all Canadian. Kanakistan. We're from the great land of Kanakistan. I'm sure everyone who's listening knows about us, so let's introduce yourselves if they haven't heard, which I'm sure they've heard your shows already, but give a quick intro. All right, I'm Mike Brown of Dark Poutine. Uh, Our focus is Canadian true crime and a little bit of history thrown in there every once in a while. If it happened in Canada, we'll cover it, or if a Canadian done it, we'll cover that too. I'm Robin Warder. The trail went cold. I've been going on for two years now, and each week we profile a, a new cold case or unsolved mystery. And this is actually my second year at CrimeCon, and uh, it's actually not the first time I've met Tyler and Beck. Uh, I actually was invited to their house around Christmas time and got to enter the Bat Cave to record something for them. So that was pretty exciting. So I'm thrilled to be participating in an actual episode now. So this case in particular was of interest to us because it happened in Toronto. It is still an ongoing investigation, and new information is coming out on a daily basis. Yeah, there's new stuff today. There was new stuff today, which we're going to let you talk about. To give the Wikipedia intro on Bruce MacArthur, he is an accused Canadian serial killer. He's known as being a self-employed landscaper and currently to date has been charged with eight counts of first-degree murder. I found out about this case from a listener of ours, Ross Thompson, and I got a text one day saying, holy expletive, I think they caught a serial killer in my neighborhood. Wow. He lives, yeah, he lives in, uh, in a town outside of, outside of Toronto. We know that they have found several remains of his victims in planters of clients of his landscaping business. How did you find it? So interestingly, my wife's cousin started messaging us right away because she grew up in a small town outside of Toronto as well. And uh, she and her sister actually know this guy. So they met his daughters uh, in school and hung around with them and those kind of things. So they have actually been in Bruce MacArthur's house throughout the 90s and early 2000s. 
Yeah. Okay, and Robin, what's your thoughts? And how did you find out about it? I should say. Well, it's kind of crazy because sometime last year in my Facebook discussion group, someone posted an article about how two gay men from Toronto had gone missing like within a couple months of each other, and they're thinking they might be connected. And while well, reading it, I didn't think they would be because I know one of them, I can't remember which one, was in an abusive relationship at one point and the other didn't seem to have any reason to disappear. So I kind of wondered if these, these were just totally unconnected. But then uh, shortly thereafter, I found out how wrong I was because I heard that Bruce MacArthur was being charged with both these murders and that the same man was responsible and had likely killed other people. And that came as a great shock to me. And as the months have gone on, it's only gotten worse. It seems that every month or so they come up with a new murder, unsolved murder to pin on him, and it's only growing and will probably get even bigger by the time this episode comes out. Oh, yeah, they they think it could be traced back as far as the 70s. Exactly, yeah. Yes. So uh, we have some friends in the gay community who were talking to me about a serial killer actually last year, even before any of this stuff broke, and it's been suspected among that community that uh, some of these guys who have gone missing were all taken by the same guy, and nobody had any clue as to who it was. Uh, Bruce MacArthur, for example, I mean, he had, a, he had a wife and family for a time. He was just seemingly an ordinary guy, which is, I think, why he went under the radar, like kind of like BTK or, or the Golden State Killer, who we've recently seen captured as well. So It's just an incredible parallel because we're recording this only a week after the Golden State Killer has been identified and arrested, and... He was a guy who just stopped for like decades and I always figured that he probably died or went to prison for an unrelated crime, but he just went living a normal life again and that's what Bruce MacArthur did, at least for a while. Uh, They always say that serial killers can't stop, but apparently they can or at least do so temporarily and just give up a, a shield of normalcy. See what I think might be going on it's that it's that family thing uh because that's the same time that gsk apparently stopped was when he started to have family in the mm-hmm. 80s in the and, early and 80s BTK as yeah, well. yeah and exactly btk and what came out about btk was fascinating because he was found to have his cache of, of treasures that he would go out into his, his kid's treehouse and pleasure himself yeah. over. Mm-hmm. So I I will not be surprised if the same thing comes out about the Golden State Killer or and, uh, Bruce and Bruce MacArthur as well. Exactly. I know that one of the biggest concerns about the amount of people that they suspect might have been murdered by this was that for a number of years Bruce MacArthur was a traveling sock salesman. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. And so he traveled all over these small towns in Ontario, rural Ontario, and they suspect there could be a much greater number. Mm-hmm. Well, my particular podcast, when I heard about this, I actually got chills because a year ago I did an episode about the murders of two young men in Toronto named Dickie Hovey and Eric Jones, who were John Doe's for 40 years before they were identified by their family by DNA testing, but they were like found naked, bound together, and it looked like a sexually motivated crime. And it was so similar that you could think it was the same killer. And when they were saying that they were checking 
reading Bruce MacArthur for Unsolved Murders from uh, decades ago, I was like, oh my god, could he have done these ones too? Sure. Uh, I mean, it's not likely because he only would have been 16 years old at that time, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. Mm -hmm. And there is another suspect named James Henry Greenidge who's currently in prison for another crime, and I kind of think he is the killer of those two, but... I was thinking that uh, even though it was never clarified that both these victims were gay, uh, I could see it being a thing where they went out to have sex together in a remote area and then they were sexually assaulted and murdered and it just kind of fits Bruce MacArthur's M.O. So if they were to tie him to those two crimes, considering that they're looking into ones from the 70s, it would not surprise me too much. One of the most chilling things that I find about MacArthur is, is how he was disposing of his his victims' bodies, especially the most recent ones, uh, uh, different limbs and people's planters and those kind of things uh, yeah. across all his clients' properties. Mm -hmm. And this is what I mentioned earlier. They've expanded the uh, search from 30 properties to 75 today. They're using cadaver dogs all around these properties to determine whether or not there's more possible human remains in planters or in flower gardens and those kind of things. Because he was traveling to so many smaller places at the time. What they're saying is th there's a possibility of there being cross-genders because Clifford Olson had done the yep. same thing. Absolutely. Where he, he went from killing girls and then he went to killing, killing boys. Killing boys, yeah. And that's one of the one of the theories that the Toronto detectives are, are running on right now. I think that serial killers in Canada in particular, uh, we've seen it over and over again. They choose a group who won't be as closely noticed as, say, a white Anglo-Saxon straight Protestant man or woman going missing. They're not going to be as, as high a profile case. Mm -hmm. That's why Robert Willie picked and, picked and oh, got yes. away with his thing yeah. for so long. I mean, that was right in our neighborhood, too. We're seeing it over and over again. Highway of Tears in, in British Columbia. Cody Lejabakov who was also in British Columbia, he, he targeted, like, Native women. And it's always... It always seems like these guys will target who they feel is going to get them the, the least amount of heat somehow. Yes, yeah. And so they can get away with it for a longer period of time. Maybe it isn't racism as much as classism. Like we're looking at people as a lower class, so they're less important somehow to the system. And so we don't look for a killer of them as hard as we would. I'd like to hope that they are looking. Yeah. Well, this one victim that he had, he had no fixed address. And they can't even determine when he went missing because he was never reported. Exactly. He went missing sometime between May 2016 and July 2017. That's like a big window That's of time. Huge, right? Yeah. If, if, if someone can go missing for that amount of time, yes, these guys are they're predators. They know who to pick. Yeah. They know they're going to pick the person who is going to be the easiest kill. And the one that will draw the least amount of heat for them—they're—they're they're in it for the long run. They're—they're they're addicts. They're—they're they're addicted to the crimes that they're doing. So, they want to keep doing it. They don't want to stop. The cops were warning the community, but they weren't telling them why. They were just warning them about using dating apps. Do you um, remember that? No, I don't. They had suspected that there was a, a serial killer targeting the gay community, but they didn't warn them about it. They just warned them about using dating apps Crazy. at the time. The uh, police had released fairly early on in the investigation that they suspected MacArthur was meeting some of his victims through a website called silverdaddies.com. 
and that website describes itself as a meeting place for mature men and other men, both daddies and younger, who are interested in keeping their daddy happy and or sexually satisfied. The site offers the possibility of having a personal ad and also features galleries, change daily, and free chat. And I have his profile here. He was listed on the site as 65 years old, 5'10", 220 pounds, versatile, living in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, seeking sexual partners, a relationship, and friends. He preferred men between the ages of 25 and 55. And his little uh, profile text uh, reads this. Just here to see what's out there and maybe make some new friends. I am self-employed with my own landscaping business, so that keeps me busy most of the time. I can be a bit shy until I get to know you, but a romantic at heart. I love to cook and enjoy most types of food. So many nice looking guys out there, but so far away. If interested, chat me or send me an email, silverfox51 at hotmail.com. If you don't have a pic in your profile, I'll most likely not be interested. Do not have Yahoo, etc. No pick, no chat. He calls himself versatile mm-hmm. right at, at the beginning, and that means he is comfortable with either being a top or a bottom. Does Good. it also mean expanding on what happens? Yeah, he's willing to do more than the average. I don't want to say the word bear because that's what he he's seen he sees himself as. But uh, but yeah, he's he was he was into exploring more more and more. I guess it was to keep himself satisfied. And he has a better chance of getting, like, uh, people answer the ad if he yeah, comes across as someone who's willing to if, do anything. I mean, if you're open anything. to anything, yeah. then you're going to get everyone. It's, exactly. It's his lure, essentially. Like, that's that's his – If as you're going through the, the profile, I see that as kind of – this is his first lure. And he's not a bad-looking guy. Like, he's uh, he looks like a very pleasant person. I mean, he played Santa Claus. He's a Santa Claus. Yes. Yeah. So – I mean, that Santa Claus thing is going to become the equivalent of, like, John Wayne Gacy playing a clown for years at parties, where he they use that as the thing where it's a monster underneath the surface of someone entertaining kids. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So they, they warn the community about using dating apps, and then two days later, the police chief assured the community there was no evidence that a serial killer was responsible. I like that they're saying there's no evidence. They didn't want to get the community all worried. And that has been like a big backlash from the community is like, you knew this was going on and all you did was warn us about using dating apps. apps. A serial killer is an all different level. And that's why they should have done more, definitely, I think, to uh, warn the public about, be more specific, that, like, someone is using these dating apps to lure people to kill them. If if I was using a particular website to meet friends or something like that, and the cops knew that there was a serial killer trolling there looking for uh, for guys like me with a mustache kind of thing, I would want to know that. Mm-hmm. Well, it goes back to what you're talking about, the, the classism, is that what you, how you yeah. refer to it? yeah. Now imagine that children just started going missing from a particular small town in Canada. Yeah. White kids. White kids. Okay? Yeah. Just imagine over the course of like five years, these kids are just disappearing. You don't think a warning would go out? It would be That would go beyond... Make sure you walk your kid to school. After the first kid, it would be insanity. How did they know to warn them not to use apps? 
How did they know that information? Why would they say apps? Why wouldn't they say, just be careful about who you go home with each night or who you're getting into relationships with? Why would they specifically say apps? It's like if children all of a sudden went missing in a community, if they use specific language and say, make sure you don't go on this bus at this time of day, wouldn't you be suspicious about, well, why are they pointing that? They know something. Yeah. They were just trying to keep the information close to them because they're still... It was still an active investigation. It was, yeah, exactly. From what I understand, they had their eyes on MacArthur for a while. By releasing more specific information, you may end up at least letting the person know, well, they're on to me. He may yes. go back down into whatever hole he crawled out yeah, from. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly, you know, I, I don't think that they were leaving that information out there so there would be, you know, if there's another victim, we can catch him. But I do think I read that... When the police were staking out his Thorncliffe apartment, mm-hmm. which is where they picked him up, a gentleman was seen going into his apartment. Uh, and and I believe there was, at that point, it was, we got to do something now because this person could be his next victim. Yeah. And uh, when they did get into his apartment, they saw, them and he saw the, the gentleman. He was unharmed. Yeah. I think there's a fine line between the integrity of an investigation and public safety. There's a really fine line. Canada you know? tends to default on on protecting the information. Yes. I've noticed mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Obviously, you guys are podcasters and are, are trying to cover some Canadian cases, too. Uh, I find some cases are almost impossible to find anything about other than what's reported in the newspaper. Well, and not only protecting an investigation, but protecting... The murderer. Absolutely. Like, you, you think of the, the case of Vincent Lee, these RCMP officers show up and they're not allowed to touch him. Yeah. He's there cutting up, cutting up that poor boy. Tim McLean, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, doing all kinds of horrific things with his body. And there's, they have to sit there and wait it out for four hours or, or however long because they, they need to preserve life. The, it's a preservation of life yes. policy that they have. Yeah. When they arrived, they knew... There wasn't anything they could do for, for Tim McLean, but you've got somebody who's going back and forth in a bus with knives and scissors yeah. and, 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 and defiling uh, this, the, this unfortunate... Yeah. Well, but then in guy. the case of Bruce MacArthur, they, have, they suspect him, and how many people are in harm's way that, you know, he, he, luckily they were watching his that, that particular property that he owned and, and he saw that person go up. But how many other properties was he... Well, it was his apartment. It was where he lived. Yeah, but he also had another home. Yeah. Oh, he did? Yeah, he did. I didn't know. Yeah. So, what I understand, uh, the way it's done here in Canada, is that the reason that they preserve the information and keep it as secret as they possibly can is to preserve the integrity of the case. They want to get a conviction on this person. They want them to be able to have a fair trial. They don't want to have a trial by public opinion like we see in the United States a lot. Whereas here in Canada, they keep that really close to the vest. So maybe this offender, if he's guilty, he's going to go away and there's not going to be a lot of wiggle room for, for them to say, well, you know, I can't get a fair trial here or this amount of information was given out and... Now the public thinks I'm guilty, and maybe they're not guilty. 
maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's the other thing. What happens if we try this person in, in, the, in the public and they're not guilty at all? Well, I think everyone already thinks he's guilty. Oh, for sure. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you have not, a landscaping business and you're... You happen to date these guys, and now their body parts are in the... The only reason planters. I say allegedly is because I, I probably should. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with the Golden State Killer. Like, if he goes on trial, even though the evidence against him is strong, it's going to be really hard to find an unbiased jury who haven't heard a whole lot about him. And he could easily say he's never going to get a fair trial. Where, because like there's so much about him that's been released Absolutely. already. Exactly. That's all anyone has talked about this past Whereas week. Whereas we do get a lot. Uh, we get information about MacArthur, but we're getting nothing <clears throat> super specific. Exactly. We know who the victims are. Uh, we know what he did to dispose of them, but we don't know the specifics of his his crime. What what his motives were, what led up to it, the actions he took uh, at the time. We know uh, dismembering them obviously was a was a part of what he what he did, uh, and that alone, you know. So he's definitely going to be charged with that. Is that hairline slowly starting to move backwards? Any bald spots yet? I have to admit it. As the years go by, I've been keeping a close watch on my hairline. Did you know that 66% of men lose their hair by age 35? I need to tell you about our sponsor, ForHims.com, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. No waiting room, no awkward doctor visits, and all you have to do is answer a few questions and a doctor will review it and can prescribe you the prescriptions you need. After that, the products are shipped directly to your door. Order now. My listeners get a trial month of Hims for just $5 right now while supplies last. See the website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy. Go to hymns.com slash tmom. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash T-M-O-M for hymns slash T-Mom. So MacArthur is 66 years old. Yes. That's very late in the game for a serial killer. Very, very late in the game. And Peter Vronsky, who's a, a Canadian historian, he wrote to wrote the book Serial Killers, The Method and Madness of Monsters. Uh, he says typically they start uh, around 28 years old. And that is when the murders in the 1970s started, was around the time that Bruce MacArthur was in his mid to late 20s. I certainly hope there aren't any more victims of Bruce MacArthur. I hope they solve the ones that have gone unsolved in that community for sure. Yeah. Whether they're they're tied to him or not, I would I I would rather see them go solved than unsolved. I'm sure their families would too. So it quite shocked me when I read that there were like fourteen alone of the unsolved murders in the nineteen seventies yeah. and so little information about it, which means they were probably not heavily investigated back then. Yeah. So but at least this, even if MacArthur didn't do it, it's putting the spotlight back on them. Absolutely, so, which is where which is where it should be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I also wonder if there's even after the case is closed and he has been 
prosecuted and, and sentenced. Mm -hmm. How many more cases in the future they're going to be looking back and wondering, you know, trying to tie him into, you know, trying to trying to tie him to the crimes. Yeah. I hope he is not one of those serial killers who decides to falsely confess to a bunch of unsolved murders after he's been in prison, which like I know a Henry, lot of... Henry Lee Lucas. Exactly. He's yeah. the worst. Like, that, just to toy with people. That's what I fear, is that once they know that they're locked up for the rest of their life, they like to toy with the authorities. So I hope he doesn't start doing that and confessing to unsolved murders from the 70s he had nothing to do with. That's what I always fear whenever a massive serial killer gets mm -hmm. caught. Yeah. yeah. Well, we haven't actually heard anything from him. Yeah, I'm surprised. Like, no statements, no nothing. There isn't a lawyer speaking on his behalf. Mm -hmm. At least that I know of. There, there could be... Did you? I think it's because they're still determining the number of victims. Yeah. I think that's, that's a big part of why we haven't heard uh, from lawyers or anybody yet, because the investigation is still ongoing and they're not done, obviously, if they're looking at 75, 75 more properties. properties and, and imagine... They're going to have to go through, obviously, flower planters yeah. and, and 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 gardens digging it, you know, digging up holes. Yeah. In it. Well, and if they think now they're expanding it, the victims to possibly women, now they've got a that's a whole another investigation, yeah. you know, yeah. because it's not he, he wouldn't have targeted a community of women, mm -hmm. right? So they're not looking at a specific area of people that have gone missing. For sure, if there's women that have gone missing, they. They could be all over Ontario. Yeah. And just all the DNA testing that might be involved. Like if they say find a thigh bone in one property, but nothing else, like how do they match this up to a specific missing person? You're, you're going to have to tie together all of these, unfortunately, all the pieces of these yes. people. Mm -hmm. And not only is that not just part of the investigation itself, but you need to, you need to establish where, all, you know, everything is. Exactly. I kind of wish he would just like fess up, buddy. Come mm -hmm. on, let's, let's hear what you yeah. have to say just to, to give closure to these families and that kind of thing and give the public a little bit of a break here. Yeah, but when have you ever known a serial killer to say, yeah. I'll give you all the information. Yeah. yeah. Well, have, like, look have at, a heart, right? Israel keys. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll give you an idea, but Hey, let's, Let's go yeah. for a when, field trip. Exactly. When they start doing it is when they, they're they looking for a plea bargain. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. They'll say, I'll give you the names. I'll give you the location. Clifford Olson and his $110,000 for his 11 bodies, right? Yeah. yeah. They, or I want, like, uh, you know, I want to be in this type of prison environment. It'll be interesting to see what happens to MacArthur. Like in prison, like he's in, he's obviously still a fit man who probably can defend himself if he can still kill, murder people in his sixties. But he may have people coming after him in prison. Yeah, and of course, I, I doubt I doubt he would ever see General Poppy. No, he'll, definitely not. He'll end up in the shoe or something like that. Yeah. A special holding it. And, and of course, it's been amazing being able to spend a weekend with you. And I've been lucky enough to. This is the third time that I've been able to hang out with Robin, and we got to spend almost an entire day together 
Yeah. My bags needed rescuing. My Airbnb didn't open up uh, until later in the afternoon. Oh. And so I was communicating with Tyler, please, please, please give me a place to put my bags. Oh, yes. I I don't have to drag. But, yeah. No, he was he was kind enough to offer me a, a place to for them to live. Okay, that's excellent. But, uh, but yeah, I I have had the most amazing weekend. It has been awesome. I feel like this has been life changing for me. I've met some amazingly awesome podcasters. You guys, I've both communicated with you a little more briefly, uh, uh, Robin, than yeah. than Tyler. But uh, now that I have actually met you guys in the flesh. It's like, holy crap. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, you know, I said, come on, you can throw your bags in here if you want to hang out for a bit. And uh, we didn't have to register the our table until one o'clock. Or no, sorry, we had to be we had to be registered by 1230. And I said, you know, come hang out, whatever. And then, you know, it was getting to the point where, well, actually it was my Time. My watch was still on Eastern. Street. Oh yes, yes, yes. that happens. Yeah. <laughs> so you're rushing around here. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, listen, you can hang out here if you want. I gotta get the table registered. I need our badges and stuff. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm just about running out the door, pouring sweat. I've got like, you know, I'm, I'm panicking that I'm not going to have have it registered in time. And then of course, Mike says, y- you know, it's only eleven o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then I thought, okay, well, I'm still gonna, I'm gonna get it done. And then later, when when Beck arrived at the hotel, um, she's like, "Can you come and get me mm-hmm. uh, at the front entrance?" And I said, "Well, I said we have to be on podcast row for one o'clock." Mm-hmm. And she says, "Well," I said, "She said it's not one o'clock." I said, "No, it's actually one twenty. And she said, "No." It's twelve twenty. <laughs> oh no! So after that moment, I changed my watch. Yes. So yeah, I I, I have to say, uh, yeah, meeting all of you has been has been an, an incredible experience because we have developed these relationships where you're just so familiar with each other, yeah. and then you know you meet each other in person. It's like, wow, you're my old buddy that I've known for years. Exactly, and, yeah, even though yeah. we're meeting for the first time. That's kind of the way it feels. Like, yeah. uh, so many of the people that I've met here, I've been talking with over twi- Twitter and Facebook and things like that. And now that I can put a face to the name, like, mm-hmm. I mean, sure, I've seen your face on on social media, but once you shake somebody's hand, it's a different yeah. world. You yeah, know? Yeah. it changes yeah. everything. Yeah. Well, I was here last year in Indianapolis, and uh, this place is so much bigger, this hotel here in uh, Nashville. To say the least. Least, yes. Like at CrimeCon, we basically went up to a first, second, third floor. They had one room with tables for podcast rows, a couple of ballrooms. This hotel is like uh, an estate. Like you have to walk through like a, a garden pretty much, and there's like a boat ride in the middle. Which was fun. We did that. It was fun. It was fun. But it's almost like it's almost like going through Disneyland. Oh, I know because it's just so far. And I was saying to Beck today, I said I never would have expected I would have to be walking kilometers over the course of a weekend. Yes, <laughs> and, and, and it is mm-hmm. because you're, it takes you ten to fifteen minutes just to walk to where uh, the, I know where the, where the podcast row was. And 
I was in Nashville a couple days just doing a lot of walking, seeing the sights before I even showed up here. And now I'm getting all this walking just from the entrance to my hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How many people did you hear say, I wish I had my Fitbit with me? I'm getting my steps. Exactly. You even said that. that Justin pulled his out from Generation Y showing, oh, I've already made my quota for this week, just today alone. (laughs) And it's 1030 in the morning. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But what was particularly amazing to me is I met a lot of these people uh, last year and uh, become friends with them. And I had spent the day hanging out. Then I just once I got settled in my room, I decided to just tour the hotel and uh, see the sights. And then I bump into the Thinking Sideways crew, yeah. who I became friends with last year because they're a great bunch. Yes, they're because they invited yeah. me out to lunch last year and we hung out a lot. And then they said, "Hey, Robin, tag along with us." And we kind of went on a caravan picking up podcasts. We bumped into the captain from True Crime Garage, and then I invited Tyler to join us, yep. and we went drinking in the bar, and more joined us. And then the day after, I went on the boat ride with the Thinking Sideways crew, Tyler and Beck, and Justin from Generation Y, and just toured around the hotel. Yep. And uh, it was funny, it was during prom time, for like they're holding a prom here, and there were a lot of people in tuxedos and evening gowns taking photos and when we pass by we totally photobomb them in the background <laughs> all these true crime podcasters waving to them and, yeah. exactly and and not not to be to shill for crime con but i thought it was a, a pretty great conference in itself uh i learned a lot i went to a, a few of the sessions i think i went to probably seven or eight sessions all all told over the over the few days and uh I got to hear from, you know, uh, Paul Holes, who was instrumental in cat- capturing uh, Eron's uh, and some of the victims of the East Side, uh, East Area Rapist. That was just mind blowing to be in the same room and get to converse with these people who you, you, you talk about. And you under, you want to understand what impact it has on a victim, but to actually talk to a real live uh, person who has been through that was just it was life changing to me. Like mm-hmm. to to sit and have a conversation with the uh, the East Area Rapist's youngest victim. Like holy crap! You know, I couldn't have done it anywhere else. Uh, I did the same thing with Debbie Domingo, whose mother was one of the victims of the Golden State Killer. I met her briefly last year and then went up to her uh, to uh, again this year which and this has been just such a crazy week for her getting to see her uh, mother's killer finally get arrested and uh, by, and she is just so emotional but so nice like she gets teary-eyed meeting everybody and stuff yeah. but she's such a woman of great strength yeah you know? yeah they, they did a good job with uh, the timing was perfect you know the East East area rapist is captured two weeks before the the conference, uh, we couldn't have timed it better. Exactly. And, and I knew that it was going to be one of the main topics of conversation oh, that everybody was having. But I can tell you as a podcaster that if you're on podcast row, you do not get to see many of the exhibits because you're so busy meeting your listeners, hanging out with other podcasters. But that's what makes it worthwhile is because you, I hung out with so many different people and did so many different things throughout the course of the weekend yeah. that yeah. it didn't even bother me that I barely saw any of the events. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, meeting the listeners was, was amazing. I mean, we're inviting them out to have lunch with us and you know, spending time. And come up with us tonight. We're heading over here. We're yeah. having this meetup. you got to come. And that is, it's been amazing. I had people coming up to me and saying, are you him? And they point to my shirt. Yeah. 
I said, yes. And they just go, okay, say something. <laughs> like, okay, what do you want me to say? He's like, that's the voice. Yeah, yes. exactly. Just what, anything. And so that would be the one thing I would hear. And the next would be, and where's Beck? Yeah. <laughs> She's <laughs> in the safe room. <laughs> she was in the safe room. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it would always be. It would be like, "Hey, great to see you. Where's back?" <laughs> well, that just shows what a poor part of the podcast she is. Like, I tell yeah, her wanna... that every day. Being able to hang out with Justin from Gen Y and the folks from Thinking Sideways, who I have been listening to for years, and and these people were part of my thing. And same with. <laughs> like Aaron, Aaron with Robin like I was like totally fanboying yeah, when I first I met him I was oh, like, yes. like oh my god I've been listening to your podcast forever and, and, and still to this day I don't miss I never miss one of his yeah. episodes and 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 it's, it was just mind-blowing for me to be like I'm hanging out with these people yeah, yeah exactly and, and not only that they saw me as a as a peer yeah. oh yeah yeah it's true yeah. and and it's nothing like it's nothing I ever would have thought it, yeah. in fact you know, people were talking talking to listeners and stuff like that, and they're saying, you know, did you ever think you would get to this point, you know, when you would have, you know, this show, when you would be now in Nashville talking yeah. to people who want to talk to you and stuff yeah. like that? And I said, I, I never even, I couldn't even see past the fact that I was just going to be telling a story in my yeah. basement. Mm-hmm. I, couldn't even, I couldn't even fathom that we would get to the point where we're making episodes that take 80 hours to produce. Like I, there was a couple, couple of the early ones, I had them done in a weekend. Yeah, and now it's just like bonkers. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that like this week it was Aaron from Generation Y who came up to introduce himself to me at my booth. Just hey, Robin, nice to see you again. How are you going? Like he's just a, a buddy of mine and stuff. Oh, yeah. Guy that was my inspiration for getting into podcasting to begin yeah. with. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. being able to hug Robbie Chaudhry, I was just like, oh, I know, it's the best experience ever she was she's such a lovely woman and when these people are so willing to give you the time yeah we we had a very long incredible conversation with the captain from true crime garage on friday night and he literally went into like why he got into podcasting even right down to explaining why he chose the captain as his handle for the show um to offering us advice that was pertinent to us at the stage we're we're at in in podcasting. And it was, it was, I remember thinking to myself like, this is a once in a lifetime experience where you're actually getting the information that you need for the time frame that you're in, in this kind of, I Mm -hmm. guess I'd call it a career. Yeah. um, And and that was, that was amazing. The fact that he just, he just spent so much time with us. He's like, this is my theory. This is what I've been doing. This is what I've focused on. And, and clearly it's working for them. Mm-hmm. I always want to pay it forward too. Like, of I course. mean, you and you and Beck have been a great help to me, uh, sort of getting my stuff off the ground. You've, you've talked back, you talked me off the wall that one time I had a bad interaction with a, with yes. a, with a victim's family. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that meant a lot to me for, for that to happen. And, uh, and I always try to remember what people have done for me, and, and mm. I'm trying to pay it forward. And not, uh, I don't want to ever get too big for my britches, you know, like because mm. I've I've seen it happen. I've I, I don't see it in this community, interestingly I enough. Don't really, no, see it in this but community but at all. but I know myself, and 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 I just don't want my ego to get 
out of control. I yeah. always want to be uh, just Mike from Dark Poutine, you know, just yeah. a, just a dude who puts his pants on one leg at a time. Or, uh, I thought you were going to say, I don't ever put them on two legs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, attempt, I've attempted it, but you know what? Like, if you don't jump high enough, you will fall. <laughs> right, guys, hey, thank you so much. No, thanks. It's a pleasure being here. Oh. absolute pleasure, and I know we, we talked about it. We hadn't figured anytime, out the time. Anytime, anytime. Exactly. And uh, yeah, this is certainly going to be a completely different episode than we've ever done. But, you know, we like to keep surprising people. And we're so exhausted, we're going to pass out right after we're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be uh, thinking about what we're going to have for dinner and um, early bed because... And we're, we're all wearing friends. pants. <laughs> we're all wearing pants. <laughs> we well, Beck's in the room, so we have to. So. <laughs> <laughs> then we put on one leg at a time. That's right. That's right. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. The Minds of Madness can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and all other major podcast apps. You can find us on Facebook by searching The Minds of Madness and on Twitter using the handle at MadnessPod. And finally, the closing track Feel the Madness is provided by The Funkors. You can find them at the record label's website by going to goldenerarecords.com.au slash G-E Madness